Welcome to The Other Six Podcast, where we talk about life, scripture, and what it looks like to follow Jesus, not just on Sunday, but the other six days of the week. Hello, my name is Preston, and with me on the podcast today is Patrick Andrews. Hello. And Jody Healy. Hello. And the man, the myth, and the robot, Tim Stewart. <laughs> Let's see your arm, Tim. If you're watching this instead of listening to it, Tim has uh, slowly started becoming a cyborg, right? <laughs> yeah, bionic. <laughs> bionic man. Uh, he's got he's got a big brace on his arm that looks like it's uh, probably going to give you some superpowers at some point. <laughs> I <Iron> doubt it. <laughs> Iron <laughs> Man started with just a hand pulse. What's going on? Give us an update on your arm, Tim. Well, the uh, last Tuesday, I finally had uh, hopefully the proper uh, surgery done where they put a cadaver tendon in to extend. A cadaver? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a donor. It's a donor. It's a donor. Cadaver. wasn't a live person. It's a, you know. I did not know that's something that you, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And they said I shouldn't have any problems with rejection because they sterilize it and do everything else to it just to make sure. That is really crazy. You have synthetic tendons now. I have synthetic we, tendons, yeah. We have two people on the podcast today who are are being transformed into future <laughs> beings of themselves. <laughs> Patrick is still recovering from his wiffle ball injury. Yep. Uh, we from, about it a little yeah, bit. We talked about it last, last episode. Time. And then Tim has uh, been going through all kinds of surgeries and doctor's appointments and physical therapies and stuff. Um, what happened? What caused your, your injury, Tim? Uh, the week of Thanksgiving in 2020, I stopped to help somebody who lost a bunch of plywood off his truck, picked up a piece of plywood, felt, heard it snap, and uh, <laughs> about passed out, called my son, went to the doctors, and that's history from there. What did the person that you were helping, what did they do whenever you... He didn't even notice. I, he just thanked me for helping him, and when I picked one up and extended my arm, that's when I heard it uh, and felt it uh, rip. Oh. And I handed him the, the piece of plywood, and I couldn't do any more, so I walked, stumbled to my car that was out, parked out in the middle of the uh, uh, Milburn Boulevard in Ironwood. I was right there because I didn't want it sitting out there and pulled over to the side of the car and thought I was going to throw up and mm. pass out. And so, so it's been a long two-year process. A few weeks ago when they went in to fix it after the MRI, uh, it was worse than the doctor thought, so that's when they decided to get a, a donor tendon. Mm. So I asked if he could get me Arnold Schwarzenegger's, but uh, he was still alive. He's still alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, maybe the maybe the person that you got attended from will help you get even stronger than you were before. There you go. Well, the cool thing is uh, they also give me the information where I can write to the family or the organization mm-hmm. and thank the family for cool. you know the the donor. That's awesome. Uh, you have so to write I'll it with do your that. left arm to make it mean something though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how long do you have to wear your Iron Man arm? Uh, it'll be a couple months, few months here. Yeah. Uh, I'll find out for sure on the 12th when I go down to Indy for therapy and get all this, the stitches out. Is that the worst injury you've had, Tim? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. What about you, Patrick? I know that you're recovering from a broken ankle right now, but is that have you had worse injuries um, than that? No, this is definitely my biggest issue, uh, injury. I, okay. I was even bragging to the kids at camp. It happened at camp, if you didn't catch last episode. Um, I slid playing wiffle ball and broke my leg. And I uh, I was just bragging to the kids a couple 
days before that at camp that I've never even had stitches. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so uh, now I have um, a seven inch plate in my legs, seven screws, synthetic um, tendons, two synthetic tendons. Yep. Um, one at the top of my ankle and one that connects my leg bones to my ankle. Um, so those are new. It, it, it popped yesterday. Like, you know, like when you're like, you're like, you just need to pop your muscle. The synthetic one popped mm. uh, yesterday. It felt so good. Because it just felt like I w- it's been so tense. Is that the first and time? Yeah, the first time since it's been in uh, that it's, it has felt like a normal pop of, of release of some of that tension. So it felt really good. Um, but yeah, I've never heard of synthetic tendons. So I've got, it's like a metal wire mesh, whatever. He said it's basically just like real muscle or tendon that holds stuff together. Huh. It'll do the same thing. And it's glued to either side of my ankle. So interesting. But yeah, so I went from no stitches to a broken leg. Um, iron or steel in my leg and now, uh, 24 stitches. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So nice all overnight. Crazy. What about you, Jody? I bet you've got, uh, some stories. <laughs> actually, I actually, uh, hit, I hurt my shoulder, uh, this past summer, right before camp. Uh, so my daughter was doing a slip and slide at a camp that she was a part of, not our church camp, but a different camp. And it's, their slip and slide is a lot wider. So, multiple people can go down at the same time. And she wanted me and Amy wanted me to go down with them. And I, you know, didn't want to, but I, you know, was <laughs> in the uh, cool stepping up, doing it, stepping up, doing yeah. my dad duty and, and going out there and, and participating. And when I extended my arm and, and went to slide, uh, I heard, I uh, felt just excruciating pain. So, yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, what, three out of the four of us are uh, dealing with injuries. Uh, Preston, that would leave you, uh, Right, don't jinx me. Right now, yeah. I'm I'm fairly injury free. Yeah, there you go. In fact, I've not had any severe. I broke a toe one time, wasn't a big deal. I do have fewer toes than I was born with, oh. yeah, which is interesting. But that's because I was born with eleven toes. Oh, okay. And they took one of them away, uh, so now I've got a wicked scar on my foot from getting a toe removed. That'll which be like what what side of the toe? My left foot. My uh, the extra toe was between the fourth and fifth. Well, you'd think it'd be like on the end that they take off. But yeah, no. I think I think I don't know why. Uh, I was I was one. I think <laughs> when that happened. So was it an actual extra toe, or was it growing off one of your toes? It was an actual extra toe. There was six toe bones. Wow. Um, but the the bottom three, the toes three through five, were. Uh, there was there wasn't enough space for them to separate, and so it was it was kind of I, I think looking at it, I kind of only had four toes, cause but there's six bones, but like three of them were all kind of shoved into the same spot, mm. and so that's why they had to take out one of them. Um, so now I I still kind of only have four toes. <laughs> <laughs> the toe that you because toes four and five are connected by a scar now. <laughs> <laughs> the toe that you broke. Was it like in that same general area? Yeah, it was actually. Whoa. It was the fourth toe on that foot. Whoa. Yeah. So do you think the extra toe would have helped reinforce it to where it wouldn't have broke? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> These questions that we have. That wasn't a cool story how I broke <laughs> that. I was in junior high and just wrestling with some buddies and rolled over on it. But two per- people's worth of weight on I, one little toe. I, breaking your toes or your fingers, I feel like that happens to everybody a little bit. Yeah. I don't count it as a broken bone. Yeah. But I've broken a toe too in a way that's very stupid. Um I was trying I was at my friend's house and we were I was just trying to he had a younger brother 
like way younger. He was probably in kindergarten when I was over there at the time. And he was across the yard, and I was like, I'm going to drill this kid with a soccer ball. <laughs> so I tried to kick so hard that I could get the ball across the yard and hit him, and I just kicked the ground. Oh, <laughs> oh I missed oh, the no. ball. So I had ill intentions, and uh, I got paid back. You for deserved it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, we could talk about broken bones for uh, all day, but we have something much more important to talk about. Mm-hmm. We are over the starting today over the next uh, today and then the five following episodes of the other six podcasts, we're going to be diving into the vision statement and core values of North Liberty Church of Christ, uh, taking them one by one and just giving an overview look of what these uh, things mean and how do we practice them on not just on Sundays, but the other six days of the week as well. And so today we're going to dive into our conversation about the vision statement. Uh, Tim, what is our vision statement at NLCC? Our vision statement is experiencing God transforming lives. Experiencing God transforming lives. You might have seen this if you've been in our church building. We have mm-hmm. it printed in big letters on the in the foyer. If you've ever been to our website, then it should be the first thing you see on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing you see. In fact, I don't know if you could have gotten to this podcast without seeing that statement, Somewhere, experiencing yeah. God transforming lives, unless... If you're just on Apple Podcasts or something, I guess it's not there. But yeah, yeah. Um, what is the purpose of a vision statement for a church? Well, I would say it's it's something to call back to. What is our goal? What do we want to um, express mm-hmm. with our with what we're doing here? Our ministries within the building, with our ministries um, in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. What are we trying to do? We want to experience God, yeah. and then by God's by experiencing God to then see his transformative power. Right. We, we want people, when they come into the doors of this building, to recognize that we are a church, a body of believers that love God. And to have a vision statement for anybody who walks through that door, they know exactly where we want to go mm-hmm. and, where, and how we want them to go walk along with us. Yeah. Because if they just come through the doors, we're just going to be another church that you get up there and preach, do your normal thing, and then they leave. But we want people to have have something to grab hold of when they come through these doors. So I think for me, the, and you're saying the same thing, but for me the, the wording that I would use is our vision statement is the why. So everything that we do as, an, as a church, if you ask why do we do this as a church, it's because we're trying to drive this vision statement of experiencing God transforming lives. And so that brings us back to the things that we do on a Sunday morning. So we have worship, we have communion, we have uh, we have preaching and teaching, and we have you know we have community. We have all these. We have prayer. We have all these things. The why for all of those things. The why do we worship is because mm-hmm. we want to experience the transformational power of God. Absolutely. The why of our teaching is you know our and our teaching is geared towards experiencing the transformational power of God, and so um, our vision statement is an, an answer to the why question, and it goes beyond just what we do on Sunday mornings too. It goes to our events. It goes to uh, you know our party in the park, our prayer walks, our um, Wednesday night classes, our church picnics. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that we do come back to this vision statement, experiencing God transforming lives. That's why that's the goal of this church, and that's the why behind the the things that we do as a church as well. Well, I started kind of looking into this a little bit the other day about just defining what experience is. Um, so the dictionary defines it as a verb to participate or undergo, uh, to be emotionally or aesthetically moved by, 
or um, as a learned by doing, like by experiencing. They they kind of use the definition in its word, mm-hmm. but um, that just made me think, like when we go into those different categories of how it's de- defined, how do we as a church encourage participating? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we encourage being moved um, to a point of change? And then how um, how do we practice and get familiar with a thing to where we actually feel like we have the experience um, so, um, well, let's break those down. You said yeah. participating, mm-hmm. being moved, yep. Being moved by me, yep. being moved by. And, uh-huh. then, and then and the last one is being familiar with, familiar. like, so you have the, ex- okay. like you have experience, you, you do something regularly. Muscle mem- memory, yeah. spiritual memory. Right. Yeah. Well, let's break that down. So participating was a, a place where we started and we listed some of the things that we do as, as participating. And the second thing you said, Patrick was being moved by, mm-hmm. um, in that by like having it in the sense of the the definition you're having an experience you're being moved by something um so is this is this still part of experiencing god or have we stepped into the transforming life i think this is kind of the the bridge between mm-hmm. the two mm-hmm. you're experiencing yeah exactly <laughs> yes the comma of the statement <laughs> is this bridge of being moved by so you've you've had the experience in god moment you've experienced god and now you're 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 in that transition of going into doing something yeah. about it, which I think it leads to um, leads to baptism, the decision to make to be baptized, or um, the looking for opportunities to serve, or um, um, diving into the Great Commission and what what Jesus, what our goal is as Christians, is to go out and make other disciples. Like you've right. had that experience, and now you're looking for ways to then start moving in the transformation part. Yeah. I, I kind of look at this from John chapter 3, before the, the woman at the well, you have a religious leader um, by the name of Nicodemus who knew the law. He knew everything about the coming Messiah, the prophesied Messiah, and yet he just continued to do ritual stuff. It meant nothing to him at all. There was no personal connection with this Messiah. And then at that particular night, he went to meet Jesus to find out for sure. And it was in that moment that everything connected with him. You know, he knew about God, but it was in that one particular moment that he went and talked to Jesus face-to-face and realized, recognized that he truly was the Messiah, and that's when his life was transformed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I mean, it doesn't say a whole lot more after, you know, about Nicodemus after that, but um, but just a lot of, you have to assume that some crazy things happened with him as a Pharisee of that day. Mm-hmm. And the challenges that he threw out at the rest of his, his peers and what kind of you know pushback he got. Um, but it's just incredible that the, the, all the stories in the scriptures and the series that we're getting ready, you know, we're going through is going to be talking about these encounters with Christ. They had that moment with Jesus, they had that face to face, and it was in that moment that their their whole lives changed and, and they became a different person in the sense that they became evangelistic. Mm-hmm. They truly fell in love with Jesus. Right. I, with our, our vision statement, one of the things that when you're creating a vision statement, you keep it simple because you want it to be memorable. You want it to stick with you. You want it to be something that you can put on a wall or the front page of a website that people see and understand clearly. One of the drawbacks of that is you can't fit a whole lot of information in there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's a lot of, uh, of small details in our vision statement that I think what you're saying is, uh, Tim, you said 
these people experienced God, and then their life was transformed by, by God, or they experienced Jesus, and their life was transformed by Jesus. Um, our comma that we talked about, that's right there in the middle, I think sometimes, it, for me, it's a little misleading, because it almost makes it sound like North Liberty Church of Christ is doing the transforming. And, I, and that's not what we want to communicate. Absolutely. And, yeah, and so I'm glad that you said that, Tim, because you're really pointing to the fact that the second half of our vision statement can't exist without the first half. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, so sometimes, you know, I, I almost want to leave that comment out because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm experiencing God transforming lives. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. not ex- I'm not experiencing God and then also having NLCC transform my life because mm-hmm. that's not our, our goal. And we don't believe that takes place, but and, and I think that's clear as well in what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about being led by, you're talking about um, baptism, you know, and that is a, through the power of, of Jesus and through the power of the cross and through the power of the Holy Spirit that baptism happens. It's not through the power of mm-hmm. of North Liberty Church of Christ, right? Or right. Anything mm-hmm. like Absolutely. That. And so it's important to me that that is clarified. You can't have the second half without the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very intentional, and I like that you said that order is important as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's sort of like John uh, 15. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the text, John 15, 4. It says, uh, Jesus is talking here, and he says, Remain, remain in me, and and I will remain in you. And then he goes on to say, so he's talking about this connection. He's talking about this experience. He's talking about this relationship. And he goes on to say, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so, like, we're talking about experiencing God, and, and it's not just a one-time thing. It's mm-hmm. a continual relational thing. And as we lean in and as we press into our relationship with Jesus uh, through the power of the Spirit, we're going to realize there's things in our life that we need to hand over and allow Him to control and, and allow Him to guide us in so that we can become more like Him. And then as we do, guess what? Fruit happens. Uh, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is not a coconut, but it's, you know, <laughs> love, joy, peace, patience, <laughs> kindness. It's what we find in Galatians. And uh, I think um, there's this uh, religious idea that I need to manufacture fruit. Like if I can grind and, and then boop, you know, and then and at that point you either have one of two things. Either you have discouragement because you can't. Mm-hmm. Or do you begin, become maybe even self-righteous? Which, uh, if you look at the Scripture, Jesus is very critical of the self-righteous. Well, I don't, need, I don't need God. I don't need a relationship. I can do it on my own. And uh, the Scripture is very clear. You know, we can't do it without Him. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's kind of two sides of that. Like, <clears throat> patience is the fruit of the Spirit, right? I think if, if, as a Christian, someone points out in me that I lack patience— you know, I think that's something that I can acknowledge and say, well, maybe that's something I do need to work on is patience. But I think at the same time, I think it might be a sign of something the Holy Spirit needs to work on me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If it's the, the fruit of the Spirit is patience, you, you can't necessarily, like what you said, just manifest patience by your own will. Yep. Uh, it requires the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to to create that in you. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I really like the fruit of the Spirit is a, is a great way of, of measuring a transformed life. It's it, that's a measuring stick, you know. Obviously the measuring stick is the Bible and it's Jesus, but you know, if you look at that passage in Galatians uh, about the fruit of the spirit and that that's a measuring stick for uh, a transformed life. If if you are not experiencing or displaying the fruit of the spirit, which is again 
in, in Galatians, it's it's singular. It's one fruit. It's not 12 fruits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one fruit. They they all come together. It's a package deal, mm-hmm. <laughs> bundle deal. Uh, if you're if you're displaying those, then um, then it's a, a, a showing that that God is transforming you. Mm-hmm. That you're being transformed by the spirit. So uh, let's dive into that that last section that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So we've got participating. We've got being moved by the spirit. What's this last section that you brought to us? Uh, so the last section is about having the experience or doing things in a way of creating a habit, more or less. So like living a transformed life? Yeah. 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 So what does it look like to live a transformed life? Okay. Well, what do you think? Well, I think I think for, for me specifically, I remember when it just kind of clicked and I had that experience moment and transformed. Like I then wanted to dive deeper into the word. I wanted to study mm-hmm. it more and learn into it. Um, so that, I mean, for me, in my personal reason or personal experience, it was I wanted to dig deeper. I wanted to learn more. I think for some, it's a, a click, a mm-hmm. light switch moment. I think for others, it's a uh, snowball. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more of a gradual growing and a slow transformation mm-hmm. than versus a, a light switch kind of transformation. I don't know, Jody. Do you have any memory of of when you first started falling in love with? with God and with scripture and wanting to dive deep, was that a light switch or was that a snowball for you? For me, it was more of a, I'd say, yes. (laughs) (laughs) In my spiritual journey, there's been times where like, I remember specifically where I decided to take my walk with Jesus very seriously. Mm -hmm. I went to a CIY conference. It was called CIY summer. It wasn't called move. Okay. And I remember just the Holy Spirit pressing me, pressing me on two fronts. One, in, into my relationship with Jesus to fall in love with him more, but also call me to uh, to go into the ministry. And, uh, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here doing what I do. Um, but I've also noticed I've had those moments where it's like light, light switch on, but I also know that in my spiritual maturity, it's been a slow roll, mm-hmm. slow roll. And a lot of that's probably because I don't listen real well. <laughs> and I'm working on that. And the Holy Spirit's working on, like, listening to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and trying to to lean in and, and listen to what he has for me. Um, I think that has probably, instead of aha, it's been like, all right, I'm going to gently come alongside you and, and prompt you and walk with you. So the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think mine would be the same. I think there are, are moments uh, where it is a, a very slow transformational growth, but then there are other experiences, you know, thinking missions trips or, or CIY mountaintop experiences, you know, those kinds of things where that they do feel like light switches. They feel like you come back and you're like, man, I'm, I'm ready to dive in. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to uh, learn and explore and experience. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm ready to pull a 180 on my entire life and just be a different person than I was two weeks ago. And then there's other times where you just look back over the course of the last two years, and you say, man, there's nothing, I haven't had a mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. but I've grown mm-hmm. in the last two years. I am, I'm closer to God than I was two years ago. I'm a better person than I was. I'm a better husband than I was two years ago. Um, and I can't point to a single thing that caused that other than just growth. Well, isn't that the goal or should be the goal of every believer? I mean, if we think that we're up on the mountaintop, spiritually speaking, now, that's that's pride, and you mm-hmm. actually haven't experienced God the way He wants you to. Mm-hmm. I mean that that transforming life is a progression. 
you, again, you look at all the, the stuff in the scriptures, these people progressed, progressed in their, their walk with the Lord, especially you know, the, the disciples. Uh, they didn't believe everything at the start, and yet they continued to dig deep and, and deeper and deeper, and before you know it, they're giving up their lives for the cause. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that would be the prayer of leadership here and, and uh, the, the, just the church body that we continue to grow. It's, I don't know that everybody is going to have an experience, a mountaintop, ex, mountaintop experience, and that's okay. As long as you're moving forward, you're allowing the Spirit of God to, to continue to, to transform you into the person he wants right. you to be. To, to define a mountaintop experience, if anyone's not familiar, that's a term that I use a lot just because uh, it, it makes sense to me. But we're talking about, like, for example, at CIY. When I take high schoolers to CIY, a lot of our high schoolers experience a mountaintop experience there because uh, they are surrounded by Christians and worship music, and they get to experience God for an entire week straight, and that's a mountaintop. You feel close to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you come home, and you come back mm-hmm. down off the mountain, mm-hmm. and... Whether or not transformation has taken place is not going to show on the mountaintop. It's going to show when you get back down to the valley. The valleys. And, and, and I really like, we, we sing a song on Sunday mornings, the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. It's the same God in both ways. Um, it's, it's whether or not I'm growing and I'm climbing and I'm, I'm devoting and if I'm being transformed by God, even in the valleys, uh, or if I just wait until I'm back at CIY next year when I and I'm, I'm going to take my faith seriously again. Um, part of that is on us, mm-hmm. on taking some, you know, there's spiritual disciplines. There's, you have to take a step of faith. Well, and there's obedience. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. obedience. And usually when the, uh, there's, there's going to, it's going to be something that, there's going to be something that costs you. you like, you're going to have to give up something to gain something greater. And sometimes that's hard. It's hard to change. It's hard to, to uh, make new habits. I mean, how many of us, uh, January one, we had, right. we had these, all these <laughs> habits that we wanted to change and where are we now, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I find that, the, and I'm at the place now in my life where I like January one, I don't care if I want to start habit, I need to start it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but change is hard. And so, and, and a lot of times when we experience God, God in his gentleness, God in his love, he's just calling us to, to, to take a step in obedience, but we got to be willing. And once we're willing, he gives us the strength and, and, and then slowly trans things begin to change in our lives. Um, well, and that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to do this podcast called the other six days of the week, because it's really easy to be a Christian on Sunday morning at mm-hmm. 10 a.m. It's really easy to worship God on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. But it's Tuesday night at 6 p.m. where it's harder. Mm-hmm. And, and it's Thursday afternoon at work when you're just in a slog and you don't want to be there and your boss is yelling at you. Then it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so we do this podcast because we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to learn how do we be Christ-like, not when it's easy, but when it's hard, mm-hmm. on the other six days of the week. And so let's, let's get this conversation back to the heart of what this podcast really is. Experiencing God transforming lives. What does it look like? to experience God on six days, uh, on, on seven days of the week, the other six of them, mm-hmm. versus just on a Sunday morning. You guys got any ideas? Well, for me, it, it, it looks like what happened, how, how Paul and, and Silas experienced the Philippians uh, 1 passage, where they're in prison. And Paul's talking about the chains that he was bearing. He was chained to a Roman guard that in those moments, those hard moments of life, 
not just when he was with his brothers, because he talked about it in the same letter that he missed being with his brothers there in Philippi. He wished he was there, but he loved them. He prayed for them, thought about them often. But in that moment where they're in prison and he's chained to these guards, it says that he made the most of every opportunity to advance the gospel. Because of these chains, he says, I'm able to advance what God has given me. And, and if, you look, if you remember what Paul shared in, in his previous letters, you know, he talks about how he was the worst of sinners, the least of the, 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 less, the, least of, the least of, of all the, the apostles, that he didn't even deserve to be called one. And yet, in that moment, he displayed what it is to truly have an experience with God, a transforming life that no matter what he was facing, you know, the other six days of the week, he was advancing the gospel of Christ because of the, the, the burdens, the chains, the trials, the walk through the valley, the shadow of death, whatever it might be, even the joyful things, he just used it to advance the gospel of Christ. It wasn't even in spite of, it was because, because of. Because of. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. What do you guys think? As far as experiencing God the other six days of the week, what, what can we take home practically about this? I think for me, it's just making making sure that I don't get distracted. Uh, I have spiritual habits. Uh, I use my Bible app a lot, and I'm walking through that. Uh, I have my time in Scripture, time in prayer, and how that 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 in those small moments of just spending time with the Lord empowers me for the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. And, and and making and there's been I'll be honest, there's been time where I just you know, just let the day day carry me instead of make, being intentional about my morning habit. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's foundational. Because if I'm connecting with God, if I'm abiding and also remembering and, and crying out to Him for strength and dependence, I find that living the way I need to live, I won't say is easy, but easier. I find that I have the power because I'm depending on his strength to guide me through. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I use resources, different resources, um, to, to make sure that I'm connecting with the word and uh, connecting with Jesus through prayer. Um, I'm intentional about that. I try to carve that out and be very intentional about that. And it really does launch me into my day. Yeah. I like I like that you use the word intentional because I think it, it there's some – some of it, part of your day, it's down to you. Being intentional and choosing, instead of this 10 minutes first thing waking up, I'm not going to check my phone and check the news and check Facebook. I'm going to I'm gonna pull up the Bible app. I'm going to do my daily devotion. I'm going to get into my spiritual disciplines of prayer, finding a quiet place. I know there was a season for me where I was just like, I felt like I didn't have time to do anything other than the things I was wasting my time doing, you know? So um, I know for me, a practical thing that I did to be more intentional was I would plug my phone in at night. I put my Bible on top of my phone, like physically my physical Bible on my phone. So that when I woke up in the morning, I had to move my Bible to get to my Facebook or to get to (laughs) social media or to check the news that morning. So I wasn't moving the Bible. Uh, The intention was to grab the Bible and then read it. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were still mornings where I'd grab it and move it, (laughs) But, (laughs) but just finding little ways of, of, making it intentional and having those um, those moments where you're actually taking the time to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might work for you. I'll tell you, uh, minutes after my alarm goes off is not prime time for me to be reading. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, uh, I will not be very 
uh, I will not be consuming those words my, very well. My alarm <laughs> isn't on my phone, so okay. I, yeah. So I'm not I'm not immediately going to my phone on that. But yeah, gotcha. no, <laughs> I don't I don't look at my phone in the morning either. Right. I just I, I just look somewhere in the distant for about <laughs> 45 minutes after I wake up yeah. until the coffee kicks in. <laughs> so what does it look like for you, Preston? I mean, each one of us are different. So uh, yeah, I like to I like to listen to the Dwell app. Um, sometimes it's right before I go to bed. So a lot of times I'll scroll through TikTok. Like before I fall asleep, uh, I've been trying to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, let's plug your earphone in and just listen to the word. Uh, it's 15, 20 minutes maybe. Um, I've also started getting in the habit my my work uh, day. Uh, sorry um, to Tim because I, I spend the first 10 to 15 minutes of my work day uh, <laughs> either reading the Bible or instead of working, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start it off with 10 minutes of scripture or sometimes a right now media. How dare you? Yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes a right now media um, video. Um, I've been doing that in the mornings uh, because by that time I'm awake. I got to be awake before I drive mm-hmm. anyways. So <laughs> I'm awake before I get there. Um, and then worship music. Yeah. Uh, I listen to worship music a lot and I sing to it. I sing out loud um, because for me that is a, a way that I experience God um, very, very much through worship. And we all experience God God, God wants to us to experience him in different ways. That's mm-hmm. why he gave us individuality and u- uniqueness and mm-hmm. personalities. And so what, when God speaks to me through music, he may speak to uh, Patrick through reading the Bible at 6 a.m. <laughs> um, or, you know, through someone else, through mi- nature, going on a walk, something like that. Yeah. Um, that's one of the amazing things about how God has created us all with a unique fingerprint and footprint and uh, abilities to be different than the people around us and experience him in different ways than other people, which I really like. Um, and, and a lot of this, what, how do we experience God? A lot of this is going to be discussed over the next five right. episodes as we dive into the core values. Um, it's like, for example, devote daily. You know, we've already talked about mm-hmm. parts of ways that we devote daily. We'll talk about it more in a, a couple of weeks. Um, but, but that's one way that we experience God. Same thing with pursuing community. That's one way that we experience God. You know, the six days of the week is through community. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, all five of our vision statements, we believe, are ways that we experience God mm-hmm. and have our lives transformed by him, uh, which that's the second part. So we talked about experiencing God the other six days of the week. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're running low on time, but uh, what are some? what does it look like to have transformation the other six days of the week? Does that question make sense as far as our our vision statement goes, or what does it look like to be transformed the other six days of the week? That's a big question. Um, I got a place I can start. Yeah, and it's. Um, I think it's in. I think you were saying something about it earlier, Jody. But it, you, I, I said earlier, it, it's easy to be a Christian at ten a.m. on a on a Sunday, and it's it, it can be difficult to be a Christian at twelve p.m. on a Saturday night. You know, mm-hmm. um, transformation happens when we uh, we look like Jesus more and more every day. That's what that's what the goal of transformation is to be more like Christ every single day, mm-hmm. knowing that no, we can never achieve perfection, mm-hmm. but we can we can be closer to Christ in our actions and our attitudes, our behaviors, our mindsets, one day at a time. And I think transformation day to day looks like: Do I look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday? Mm-hmm. Um, am I actively trying to look more like Jesus today as that I did yesterday? Am I acknowledging the areas where this part of my life doesn't reflect Jesus very well? Mm-hmm. Whether it's work, whether it's 
a sin in your life, whether, you know, whatever it may be, if we acknowledge this is a part of my life that doesn't reflect Jesus, am I taking steps? Am I asking God? Am I experiencing that transformation throughout the week? Or am I waiting until I get there on Sunday morning and then asking for forgiveness during communion and then Mm -hmm. going right back to it on Monday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... What, what the Hebrew writer says is to fix our eyes, our, our gaze, our look upon the author and perfecter of our faith. And when we're constantly looking at him, every morning we wake up throughout the whole day before we go to bed, and we're constantly looking at him, um, we're going we're, we're gonna to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. lives. And, and, th- and I th- think that's why it's so important for believers to understand how important it is throughout the day when, where Paul even says to pray without ceasing. I mean, we don't just set aside three hours a day to pray. It, it should be a constant thing going on no matter what we're doing, that we're having that communion with God, um, having that conversation with God, because the more you focus on the author and perfecter of your faith, the more you're going to recognize how uh, imperfect we are. Mm-hmm. Because when you're presenting yourself into the in, in the presence of, of holiness, you you recognize that wow, I've, I've got a long ways to go, but thank God He allows me to be here. Yeah. Well, and I like that you mentioned the presence of holiness because I was going to say this earlier, but it, it's part of experiencing God all seven days of the week and and being transformed to the other six days of the week is acknowledging that we don't have to be in the building of church to be in the presence of God. Absolutely. Um, in fact the gift of the Holy Spirit is God with us the other six days of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And and when we acknowledge that God is with us um, at all times, then that we can experience God every day, every minute. We can experience God all the time, and we can experience the transformation of the Holy Spirit anytime as we listen, like what you were talking about, Jody, listening to the Spirit and, and knowing His voice um, and being able to have the courage and the strength to act on the guidance of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. versus our own ideas <laughs> of what we should and shouldn't do. Those are the kinds of things that lead to transformation yep. uh, on all seven days of the week versus just, you know, listening to a sermon on Sunday. And then as soon as we leave the building, believing that we've left God in the building, because mm-hmm. yep. that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. That's not how the spirit works. And, and God has shown that throughout the new Testament that God is with us, even when we don't expect it. And even when it's hard and even when we, we feel like we're in a valley, God is still present with us. And so knowing that can really help us to to experience God. The thing I was thinking about is I was as as you guys were talking, I was thinking about active repentance. A lot of times we think repentance that uh, that uh, that part of changing changing our mind, um, turning away from our sin and turning toward God and we think that's kind of like a salvation thing. And it is. It it is. It is part of salvation. But it's also should be something that's active, an active repentance in the life of a believer. When you acknowledge, allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you and say, hey, you know what you said to your wife there? That was cutting, and that hurts, and you need to apologize, and, and you need to be aware of the words that you say. And allowing the Holy Spirit not to beat you over the head, but to, to, to correct your thoughts, mm-hmm. correct your, your heart, your attitude, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, I know my attitude around seven forty or seven o'clock can get pretty sour because that's about the time my girls want to go to bed and they don't 
want to go to bed <laughs> and I'm tired and they're tired and and everybody's tired and and sometimes I could say things that I shouldn't and and and, and just be sensitive okay I know this is what's going to be happening so I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit a little bit I need I need I need to depend on the Holy Spirit period but I really need to lean on on this time this is where I'm weak and when I mess up try to correct it then and there um and obviously, you know, we're, we're it's a work in progress. Well, we uh, we hope this episode has encouraged you to experience God and His transformational power on all seven days of the week. Look forward to the next uh, five episodes as we talk about our core values and dive into what those look like. Uh, thank you, Jody. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Patrick. My name is Preston. This has been the Other Six Podcast, and we'll see you again in a couple weeks.